Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Certified Lover Boys podcast, a book club, but for albums. I'm your host, Matthew Morosky. And I'm your co-host, Anton Petrenko. And today we will be discussing My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy by Kanye West. Welcome to the club. everyone welcome to the podcast very interesting episode this is our first album that we are going to be discussing the first of many yeah first first album and we've got we've got a lot of comments i would like to point that out so many comments just want to say guys thank you for all of the support we love it cannot wait to get to them i will say and i'm just going to put this as a disclaimer now that will be the majority of our podcast we are hoping to get to almost all the comments as much as possible we are very thankful for all of the long comments especially people who got really in depth and really gave us their full insight we absolutely love it love you all for that very excited but that that will be the majority of the podcast will be the discussion that book club aspect yeah um I'm very excited. I saw some of the comments. I'm very excited to go over them. Um, it's going to be interesting. And yeah, obviously, as Matt had said, we are going to be trying to get through all of the comments. Um, so for those people who did write those long comments, we do appreciate it. We're going to take snippets out of those because um, yes. we do want to get to everyone. Yes. We want to make sure everyone yes. gets an opinion in here so we can uh, discuss it as we do have some interesting opinions as I'm looking at it I, right now. I mean, yeah, it seems like you have more inter- Oh, are you looking at the comments? Yeah, or are you just saying I mean, general? I'm looking at the comments. I see some I see I see a lot of good discussion material. Save it, save it, save it. We'll, we'll save it. Save it. <laughs> we'll get into it. Okay. <laughs> um, guys, I do want to say before I start the podcast before we really get into it, the podcast is for now until forever yeah, are going to yeah. be set up in this certain way. So we're going to be doing, every time we do an album like this, we're going to be doing the history and background of the album and the artist. We're then going to be getting into our personal thoughts of the album, um, you know, our pros and cons, what we thought about it, have a quick discussion between itself. And the majority of the podcast, the longest part, will be the audience thoughts. So we're going to be doing like remarks about it, quoting some of you guys. We're going to try to uh, include as much as possible. And then finally, at the end of the podcast, we'll be discussing what the next album will be and what next week's episode will be about i'm very excited because it's my pick yeah so i mean i know what it is so i'm also excited to listen i never listened to it but regardless i think we should get right into it matt i want Let's you to right hit me it. with some history of this album because i have no idea what it is okay everyone let's uh let's go back in time real quick okay 2009 september 13th oh, 2009 at the mtv music video awards Kanye West goes up, interrupts Savagely. Taylor Swift. Yes, interrupts Taylor Swift's acceptance speech to say that Beyonce was better. Like a baller. Now, obviously, it was, yeah, it's kind of savage. But at the same time, that did not bring any good light on the kid. Yeah, okay? he, he was actually the first person to ever be canceled, from my understanding. So, <laughs> that- so <laughs> what this did was, this put him, I'm going to get into it. Um, this put him in his, like, a publicly shamed type way i mean he was really publicly shamed after this and put the public spotlight in a very negative light okay um he you know he went on shows and he had to talk about and everything his mother actually died two years prior to this happening so there's just a lot going on in his life um and he always talked about how at that moment like he never took a break away from music beside the point he beside the point not point 
point, point, point. Yes. You got it. He wrote a letter of apology, um, which seemed to many to be a backhanded apology. It was very backhanded. I don't add it as a quote. Um, after that incident, like I said, he was publicly humiliated. Um, his national tour with Lady Gaga got canceled. The president actually called him a jackass. Obama called him a jackass. Ah, that sucks. Ah, Imagine Obama calling him a jackass. That must really suck. So what he did was he exiled himself, exiled himself <laughs> to Hawaii to make this album and forced himself to feel as if this was the album... This is like the most important album he ever wrote. And he did this thing called, oh, I forget, not boot camp. I forget what he called it. But he brought in a ton of producers and a ton of different artists into Hawaii. He booked out. He almost got like no sleep for a very long time. And he was constantly recording, trying to figure things out. You know, being a musical genius. I have a quote from him, actually. Um, he said this after the fact, but he said, I really put myself in the zone where my life was dependent on the success of this album. No matter what, what anyone says about me. I can write something that can make someone that hates me the most have have to really respect and love the song. Mm-hmm. So he's talking about this album. And now, even today, 11 years later, that album would be considered to uh, look into the discography of Kanye's massive psyche. That's how I look at it. That was my quick thought. Beside the point, this guy, we have Kanye, okay? Publicly humiliated. Everyone's hating him right now you know, really down in the dumps, basically nowhere to go. He really, really thought if he didn't write a good album, he was done. You know, yeah. he put himself in that position. And next thing you know, he comes out with this critically acclaimed album. And uh, we're all like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can start understanding now because obviously we are reviewing this in 2020. That's a huge conversation that I don't know if we'll necessarily have about reviewing an album that did come out 10 years ago. I mean, it's like a huge like time like difference. So we're review obviously I at least I don't know, sorry, I just bought my mic, but I at least am reviewing this from a twenty twenty standpoint where there's ten years of music after this album. Mm. But um I mean learning the history like that kinda helps a lot because it puts into perspective how much he worked on this album. I mean, as a producer myself, in some regard I can respect how even when he puts so much pressure on himself, he can deliver such an album like this. Yeah. Um, because to an extent, you can argue that Kanye was making this album like somewhat of a chore. Like he has to do this. Like it's not really like he's putting this album, his entire career on this album. That's immense pressure. And to even come out with something in the first place under that pressure is impressive for sure. And then I think I'm going to be looking at it more as if, back in 2010 when this was released and like the cultural impact of it. Mm-hmm. And I still feel, I mean, I can get into it, but I still feel personally today, this is a pretty big album. Um, and I think that, you know, some of our comments or some of the people that commented also talked about this, but I feel as if I was hearing this too, that, and I told you, I told you this a little bit earlier in the week that I really do think when we discuss this album and we take in the audience's comments, I really think it's important to take away the, personality and the bad side of an artist of what they've done and everything and really focus on the music and the art. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard. I mean, it's hard for anybody to do, you know, with certain things you can do it with anybody, but I really do think that it's important to really focus on the art and the artists and what they're trying to convey and what they're trying to create. Yeah. Oh, rather I- than their downfall, their downfalls. Yeah. I mean, I think it could also be argued that, 
um, like kind of looking at maybe quote unquote the bad, if you want to consider it the bad, like it kind of contributes to this album in a way, especially yes, like this album, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, yeah, like yes. that's kind of what it's revolving around. So. Of course, and that's but that's what I love about it is this idea that you know he kind of put himself in a fucking hole, and there he goes and makes this this crazy psyche of an album. And it's just, it brings you into, let's get, you know what? Let's get into well, it. it. I'm going to tell is you. Is it crazy? Yeah. I'm going to tell you my thoughts. I'm going to tell you my thoughts. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm going to tell you my thoughts on it. I told you this earlier in the week because I got excited. Sometimes when I listen to music, I listen to very personal or very emotional way. I really get into it. You know what I mean? This is one of the first albums I felt when I listened to it. I'm like, holy shit. I'm in this guy's fucking head. Okay. I'm in his psyche. I'm in his beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's so much happening in this album, but in such a beautiful choreographed way that it makes it such a beautiful album. And in 2010, let me tell you, I bet you this album was unreal to people's ears back then. Mm -hmm. Cause you can listen to this now, relabel it as a different artist, relabel the name. And you would think that this album just dropped this year. That's my personal preference or look at it. Tell me your, tell me your little, what's your like initial, like what's your initial thoughts and like final thoughts on it? Um, I mean, I'm still trying to... So, I'm really torn, right? Because, like, I feel like not liking any part of this album is a sin. Um, I feel like anything that I have to say that is, like, maybe off the deep end um, is a Anton, little listen, the other you're way. You're supposed to be the hot take I know, person. I know. Come I on. am the hot take person. And I want to introduce some hot takes, but it feels... Do it. It feels a little uncomfortable to me because I am reviewing this in 2020. Like, I... I like... There's plenty of albums that I like that came out a long time ago that I would be criticizing now just because they I'm in 2020. Like I've listened to music yep. post the album we're reviewing, like after this yep. album. And like that's why some of maybe I won't go as maybe like hot take on this. Um No, I understand. Cause you don't want to like not not I know you and me don't give a fuck about offending people like about it and you know what I mean? Everyone in we've talked about this on our last podcast is that everyone here or everyone that comments to everyone has their own opinion on things. We're very open about that to criticize an album that is so critically acclaimed back then. And still now just because, and you have criticism on it just because you've listened to new music Mm -hmm. and there's been new like developments in music. I understand that. And that's why I do think it's important to, that's why I was, I thought it was super important to do the history of it and look back in it. And that's why I loved some of the comments because some of the people that did comment were in that, you know, were present and did listen to this album when it dropped. And they have like fond memories of that time period Mm -hmm. and what that album was to them. And I think that's what makes this album more important than just the music. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess with with that preface, I would say um, I'm a much more passive music listener, <laughs> um, especially compared to you. Um, I noticed that you're talking about, um, or at least you would be talking about more mm-hmm. of the, the lyrics. Um, I was paying attention to a lot. But of yeah, the let me ask you. Let me ask you. What do you um, hear? Let I was paying attention you. to the lyrics too, but I think I could do the lyrics. Let me ask you what you thought of the production of it. Let's get into that a little bit. Is our initial thoughts? Um, what did you think about the production? 
So listening to it through, mm-hmm. um, the production. All right, wait, hold on. Before before I get into this, I want to emphasize the difference between composition and production. Um, Story time. At least in my eyes, they're they're two different things. Where like production is more technical, the technical aspect, and composition has more to do with like things being put together and where they're put, like where sounds are put, where instruments are put. Like, could you give an example for the audience? Um. So, like, a huge aspect of this album, right, is sampling. Um, yes. Sampling is absolutely huge in this album. Major. And I think from a production standpoint, sampling isn't very, let's say, legendary as a practice. But in composition, right, sampling oh, sampling is something in that when you're talking about composition sampling is very very important and it can add to a a song immensely um but in terms of production um i think sampling isn't necessarily like that great um but in composition of course you're using samples to make your music sound better that's completely different thing that's not even too like a bad part of this album like that's not necessarily to shit on this album right Mm -hmm. um because this album does have samples um but in terms of the production around those samples it's all right i really didn't have too much too many problems around it i think the samples themselves are amazing i mean the power is obviously one of the most legendary songs yeah like that but it's all it's a sample like the chance at the beginning obviously yep. um it's a sample the drums I think we have to remember that a lot of hip-hop music now and then is literally of all course. based on samples like i bet of you course. almost every single time you listen to your favorite song that's like a rap or r&b song there is a sample mm-hmm. in it or the beat is yeah. made from a sample like that's a fact yeah which is why i kind of wanted to like uh bring to light that difference between composition and production um it's not necessarily bad for an album to have samples, obviously samples are all over music, but I think that has more to do, to do with composition than production. So when I'm talking about like production, um, I'm not necessarily, and like I say something about samples, I'm not necessarily saying it's bad to have samples. Um, yeah, but I will say, I don't think production should be cited as an aspect of this album being legendary <laughs> in my opinion. Whoa! I think if any- I think I think if anything <laughs> I think if anything uh you're talking about the composition um being legendary here obviously um there's a lot of samples here in gorgeous that guitar line is sampled in power we just re- went over this the drums the chants are sampled um in so appalled the entire chord and melody structure is sampled all these are samples which d- doesn't make it bad obviously but from a production standpoint I wouldn't necessarily call that legendary from a composition standpoint, which is more about how it sounds, where you're putting those samples and the effect that where you're putting those samples has on the entire song. That's a completely different story. However, in terms of production, I wouldn't necessarily call it legendary. Also, I'm hearing some clipping in Gorgeous, um, some clipping in Monster, which is can be said that it's like part of the aesthetic of the album but i'm not necessarily impressed with that decision because clipping is like a huge no-no in production quick question especially for i want to clear i want to clarify real quick even for myself probably for the audience too because you've said you've said composition and production so many times i'm getting a little confused that even just listening to now and i know people can rewind and listen to it again i want to i i'm going to ask a question because i actually want to know um and i'm going to use the example so dark fantasy okay Mm -hmm. Like you think that the song is going to end near like, you know, 
a little like a good amount into it and then he switches back to can we get much higher like again mm-hmm. okay is that production or composition i think that's that's a compositional decision um like where you're putting the samples yes. where you're putting that vocal little little like bit where you decide to put it and how you decide to introduce to the song or introduce it in the middle of the song i feel like that's composition and then your um, production you're saying are you saying that the samples are bad or i'm confused like what you're saying no no no, no, no. i'm not the saying production. the samples samples I, the production i mean from a more technical standpoint right i am not technically impressed with what i'm hearing in terms of like kanye's ability to maybe um bring this album to a new level also also i just talked about the clipping there's also parts in So Appalled where the chorus just cuts out for a split second. Um, I'm not sure what that is, but like stuff like that where like there's little mistakes in things that you wouldn't catch unless you're technically skilled at production, which... Hello, welcome normal human beings. I'm going to give you <laughs> my actual... What the actual good response to all this is, who isn't a producer. <laughs> um I agree with you, but at the same time, I slightly disagree with you. That's that's good. I think that the songs on here, based on their composition, are unreal for that time period, for 2010. Yeah. I think he did things that now are still like not fully done in hip-hop, where you're like, holy shit. You sit there and you listen to it, and you're like, oh my god, that's crazy. Not necessarily to disagree with you on that, but I would like to, because I'm I'm reviewing this in 2020. I have no idea what I you know. mean when you say I know. that. So I, I'd like to hear like so, what the okay. justification is. Let me let me say I'm gonna go I'm gonna go off the runaway. Okay. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of people did say this in the comments. You know, great song. Everyone, mm-hmm. a lot of people know the song. The thing I love about it. Okay, coming from a person that just like lugs, I like to emotionally feel things. Okay, I love that idea of seeing how he, like, I can imagine him being on the production board, starting with this chord progression and making it into something unreal from start to finish. Like you've seen those videos where if he's been at a concert, he'll play one, one chord from that chord progression, and the place goes crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think it's so interesting that you can, that you can take something so simple, this simple chord progression, and you can clearly see, like clearly outlay how he made that into a song, how he made that into a production piece. I feel like a lot of times, especially in hip hop, we see that final layout and we don't normally see the starting production of it. We don't see like the start progord progression and then how that leads to this and how that leads to that. We mm-hmm. don't see that. But I feel like in this song, he lays it out for you and you clearly see it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I I love about that song. Now, I'm going to get into some of the things that I really love about this album. Like you were talking about the production. I'm going to talk about some of the lyrics, okay? Yeah, obviously I love the lyrics, but I do, you know, I love my, I love chords and I love the chord progression. Like all of mm-hmm. the lights, the interlude love that. Absolutely love that. Such a good idea. Yeah. I th- think that was an amazing way to lead into all of the lights. That chord progression of just simply listening to the instrumental was amazing. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, 
gorgeous really quick i think he could have done a little bit better agreed okay because i feel as if that's such a typical rap type style song where you know kid cuddy does the chorus and then it goes into it you know what i mean but the lyrics on there are so important if you really listen to the lyrics on there they're very impactful like they really really spell out like what he's trying to say like there's racial injustice lyrics in there he's just talking about you know being a black person in society today okay like he has a lot of really impactful lyrics in there Lost in the world, and who will survive in America? Those are my favorite songs. Even though who will survive in America is sampled, I don't know the name of the guy that it was sampled, but he did do um, the revolution. Um, will not be the revolution will not be portrayed on TV. Do you mm-hmm. not? Do you know that sample? Or do you I, know that I did. I did know that was sampled. I'm just not sure who was. Gil Scott Harris. Gil. It's it's the same guy that did uh, the revolution will not be televised. Uh, Gil Scott Heron. I am I'm butchering that, so I'm just gonna shut up before I make it mm-hmm. worse. Um, but I I love that sample. Okay, I also do love sampling in that form. Lost in the world. I absolutely love, dude. I love that. Okay. It sounds like I remember the first time I heard that. I mean, it's a okay. I will say it's a good outro track to the album yes um that i did notice i I was thinking i i liked how that was the outro to the album it sounds like it also sounds like something out of the lion king (laughs) yes i I can give you a little bit of context of it okay so the the chorus part he actually wrote a song for kim car he wrote a poem for kim kardashian and that poem is the chorus okay so Mm. he took that poem that he wrote for her and made it into the chorus and I just think that it's such a beautiful song in general. I think that the beginning part, like sonically and musically, like I, I literally, the chords just make me so happy, but it just makes me feel so content at the same time. Like I'm happy, but I'm in a very conscious, content state of mind. I'm very mellowed out. I'm very calm. The only thing I will say, and this is why I said that when I listen to this album, I feel as if I'm in this guy's head. I have if you listen to this without knowing any of the songs, you listen to it once through, you know, without, let's say I didn't know any of the songs, you have absolutely no clue where this album is going. Okay. You have pump up songs like power that goes into all of the lights. You have monster. And the next thing you know, you get hit with lost in the world, hell of a life. Like it's just, it's such an, the theme is happily off putting. If that's how that's, it is a beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. Exactly. It's it's off-putting in such a way where it makes me content. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next, but in a good way. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm excited to see what happened next, what's going to happen next, like what's going to happen in the next song. And it is a beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy. It really is. Like, you don't know what's going to happen. All of A lot of the songs are very different. It, it's just a mashup that all works. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I really do. Yeah. I think I don't necessarily disagree with anything you said there. The only thing I maybe to take it further, um, I think where my disagreement starts um, is where we start talking about whether those things or not whether they do or how much they contribute to how good an album is. Yes. I think, I think that's where my disagreement it does. starts. I think in 2010 okay. it does. Personally, I think it's 
back then i feel like a lot of the rap albums were very typical like gorgeous where they had a chorus you had you know verse one verse two not nothing much different okay and then i feel but this album is just so far from that like even dark fantasy like i said you don't like i didn't know when that song was gonna end like he adds in that you know that snippet at random times and i love it i absolutely love it mm-hmm. let's get it let's get into some of the comments let's get into some of the let's, comments let's do it i think it's important to get into it i'm gonna you can go first okay i'm gonna actually start off with a friend of ours uh dm'd us what his thoughts were and i I think it's really, I think it's really good culturally to understand it. So our friend Derek wrote to us that, <clears throat> you know, uh, so he said it came out when I, when I was in seventh grade, which is when I really started getting into music. This album is also the reason that Kanye became the first musical artist I truly became a fan of. He goes on to say some of these things as a track list, all hits, no misses to name a few power and all the lights are songs that I've always listened to pump me up and still pump me up today. Rick Ross's verse in devil in a dress, as well as Nicki Minaj verse in monsters are arguably one of the top feature verses of the decade. Now, Anton, I know that you have a hot take about this because you literally told me about Nicki Minaj's verse and I want to hear your hot take. Okay. I, okay. So listening to the album, I eventually at some point in this podcast want to give my, my rates my picks, yes i think we should do that before like that. we do before we do um, the like last album or next week's and album. i think my top three was s- kind of like swinging across um songs like so appalled blame game and monster monster was definitely one of those songs yep and then when i started listening to it a little more Nicki minaj's verse takes up a lot of the song and I am not necessarily a fan of what Nicki Minaj is doing on the song. It's different. Can you, yeah, can right. you please explain why? Because I was originally having the same mind state as you, but after listening to it for a while, and at back then, Nicki Minaj was not in the spotlight that much. Mm-hmm. I think that that verse slaps. I mean, yeah, it could, it could very well slap. I could be missing something, which is kind of the whole like like skepticism I have with reviewing an album this old. I could definitely be missing something, but I, I'll just say from a 2020 perspective, a Gen Z 2020 perspective, that I'm not a fan of the cadences and inflections that she's putting in her voice in the verse. It's very, it's obviously very different, but different and good aren't synonymous. Mm. Um I don't think just because I've never heard someone do that on a track before, it means it's good. Yep. I personally didn't like it. it. Sounds like I'm watching like, I don't know, like some weird TV show. And I just want to listen to a song and vibe out to it at this point. That's kind of my take on music in general to an extent. Um, I can't really, like, I don't know. I can't really get into the song when, it sounds like that or when like in order to maybe sing along to it, I have to be like singing like that. It's just like not something that I found very appealing in my opinion, which I understand is completely an opinion. There's no way I'm going to be like objective about this. That's completely subjective. I just want to, as a quick disclaimer, I just realized that when I was doing the history, I did say it was released nine years ago. It was 11. It's 2021. Let's not talk about it, though. Oh, my goodness. It is 2020. No one pointed out. Don't want to talk about it. Back to it. Anton, this is your pick for the next comment. 
Um, okay, so I, I'm kind of looking through the comments now, and I want to go... I was reading this one comment just now. It's from Nick. Nick Lang- Langor. You don't have to say the last name. Langonegro? I Lag- don't... Laganagro, but... Laganagro. Nick, thank you for commenting. He says, since this album was before mumbo rap, lol, Kanye understood and saw huge potential for hip-hop for the future. I feel like this is demonstrated throughout most of the album. And he talks about how in Gorgeous, he says, is hip-hop just a euphemism for a new religion, the soul music of the slaves that the youth is missing? And Nick goes on to talk about how Kanye kind of knew hip-hop can be important. It can be a big thing. Beautiful for, lyric. young people. Absolutely unreal lyric. Sorry, I had to stop you there. But that one line, unreal. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Um, yeah, and I think Nick, I think Nick hits it spot on with this. I mean, we see hip hop what it is now. It is, it is the genre. Like it is the genre of music. Um, it's been relevant for God knows how long now. Um, I don't even want to quantify that number of years that it's been relevant for. Mm-hmm. But I think Nick hits it right on. This is something I agree with a hundred percent. Kanye does understand what he's talking about here, and that's definitely true. I think that, and I, I'm I'm just gonna go off a little bit like a history thing, but the the one line where he says the soul music of the slaves that the youth is missing, I I did want to say I did do I did a ten page paper on um, the Cuban slave trade actually um, within Cuba, and you know, and African slaves being taken from their homes and bringing into Cuba, um, and the big thing within the Cuban culture and Cuban slave culture there to keep them through, you know, a lot of what was happening around them and being there was their music. And I know that's African, but that one line where he says the soul music of the slaves that the youth is missing. I don't know why, but I feel like that's such an impactful line within itself. You can unpack that. I mean, I'm not going to try to, but you can unpack that line within itself for a whole episode. I feel like, like you can really get into the history of that line. And like what he's really trying to portray there. But I think what Nick was saying was Kanye seeing the potential of hip hop and how big it was going to get. But I feel as if even today, like that lyric is just so important because, you know, if you think about a a lot of like a lot of kids like us do listen to hip hop and, you know, back then, you know, instead of listening to hip hop or were, you know, in history, you know, it was religion that a lot of people followed. And I feel like you could say that about music today or about hip hop in general is that people follow music as a, as a religion almost, you know what I mean? Like you're following this, you're following this person or this artist that you absolutely love and that, you know, you follow them all the time or you just follow what they're doing constantly and you follow their music, you listen to music all the time. That's your religion in a way I feel like he's saying. And I just think that's, he did that's why I feel as if this album is so timeless in a way that there are lyrics and musical moments in this album that makes it so unbelievably timeless and beautiful that, like I said, you can make this album today and release today and it would still go crazy. Mm-hmm. Which is a take. That is a take. And I know it is. No, no, I know. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm right. Uh, again, this is all opinions, you know, I, but what I, I'm being honest, and this is also coming from a person like you and me that did not listen to this album before until today, or not till today, but until, you know, prior this week in full. So I really do think that, especially for me, especially for the lyrics, I think he did an unbelievably good job at that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I'd necessarily say different, but back to Nick's comment, I think Nick, Nick, I agree with Nick 100% here. Yeah, no, no, me too. Um, I'm going to go off of uh, Kendall. He commented, um, my brother actually, but he commented on our thing and he actually was, he said that he was a senior year of college when this album came out. Um, so I just want to, I wanted to quickly go off of some of the things that he said, because I really do think it's important to, you know, understand like when this came out, you know, how important this was. So he says, um, gay black, uh, as a gay black man, uh, who is white presenting while I was living in the, uh, radical, what is it? racialized queer Canadian community at the time, I found that this album uh, really took me to church. I can turn to this album to look inside my own closet and come to terms with my blackness, my queerness, my emotional, mental, and spiritual identity through this truly and ex- extremely artistic record. It, this is an era of stomping around campus with the over-the-ear headphone wires, um, blah, blah, blah. I still cry when I listen to the extended crooning. Wait, crooning? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm bad at reading. Um, of Runaway, Lost in the World, and Who Will Serve America. I still f- uh, I feel uplifted into heaven by the uh, innumerable backup vocals of Dark Fantasy and All of the Lights. That's what I was saying. That's a, I mean, I agree with him 100% because that's also the way that I listen to music. I unpack it in that way where I, you know me, Anton, and I really listen to like certain things and I really get emotionally attached to things. So I completely agree with him, with him saying, you know, these certain aspects of the backup vocals and all these little things. But I do think that it's important, like we said, you know, it's hard for you and me to to dissect this kind of or not dissect or talk about it because uh, we didn't grow up when you know we didn't listen to it right when it came out back then it wasn't that big of a deal for us at all but i think it's important for you know for us to take into consideration that people back then who when this did come out this was huge mm-hmm. i mean i also agree i agree like for, if i was looking at it from that lens i would i think i would agree oh yeah um, same here 100 no percent. i mean doubt. i i like i like what um is it Kendall. Kendall, yeah, Kendall. I like what Kendall had to say. I, I agree. I like what he's saying, and I think that's what I'm kind of missing when I'm reviewing this album in 2021. Um, the climate, the the times, the themes that the album is incorporating, and how it relates to the current year. But obviously, the current year is 2021, and that's obviously a huge aspect that I am missing. Maybe Matt is missing, but he's obviously studying more of the history. I mean, so. yeah, I. And- I don't know if I'm missing. I think I'm more of understanding, you know, mm-hmm. like he, like he says in his last, uh, Kendall says in the last comment, he says, I continue to point this as Kanye's greatest uh, work to date, given the time, the climate, the themes and the impact. And I feel as if it's, <laughs> I feel as if a lot of people, you can rate an album based off of when it came out, the time frame, you know, all of that stuff. But at the same time, you can also rate an album solely based off of the music. Mm-hmm. without anything taken into consideration and i know right. usually that's hard for me because i do i do you know i do all that i do the mm-hmm. when it came out you know who the artist is i do all that um yeah but I, this album i feel as if there's so much happening it, in a way it's hard to not take in consideration when it came out and you know mm-hmm. what was happening and who he was back then yeah and that, that's a good point. Sorry to uh, just cut this thought off, but I think we should get to more of the comments here. Yes. Um, Can you talk? I want to I want to hear your thoughts about Jason's. Uh, okay. So Jason uh, said this super overrated period. It's full of absolute <laughs> jams, but the fi- but the pacing is sloppy and the themes are disjointed. Yeezus 
and kids see ghosts stand leagues above it. Um, so he 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 says multiple points here. He says first of all he goes out and says super overrated. Um, I don't know how I, I feel think, about that comment. I think um, I think this comment has merit depending on how you see the album. Yeah, of course. Um, I think there's two ways to look at this. Um, there's obviously a lot of history being told about this album. There's a lot of um, meaning in how the album was created, why the album was created, and like the climate the album was created in. I think there's a serious case um, here for Jason, who I assume would say that doesn't necessarily make it good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can say it does make it good, but this is kind of where opinions differ. Um, depending on how you look through it, you can look through the album of the climate, the history, or you can just say, is it good music? Like, can I, do I like the songs on the album, period? Yep. Um, and I think Jason has a point here. I think I wouldn't necessarily agree with him or disagree with him because I understand it It really is down to subjection here. I think, if anything, I think the album is is good i think it's fairly good album uh i think his comment of saying that the pacing is sloppy and the themes are disjointed i think like you said you can look at that in two ways but i think if you take into consideration what kanye was trying to do in this album i don't agree i think like i think kanye purposely like i said before is that you never know what's going to happen i feel as if that off-putting of you know the song themes or the way that they make you feel are different almost every single song i think that off-putting is what kanye was trying to do in in bringing you into the state of his dark twisted fantasy Mm -hmm. do you know i I was gonna point that out as well yeah like i think that i think that it being sloppy and it the themes are being disjointed and you know one theme is talking about social injustice and then another theme is talking about you know his mental state like I think that this constant disjointingness and this dystography of what the hell is going on here is a perfect representation of what Kanye was trying to do. So that's the only reason why I don't think that it's sloppy and the themes are disjointed. Mm-hmm. Now, if it wasn't about like a beautiful dark twisted fantasy, then we can have a conversation about it. And I would yeah. maybe agree with it. But knowing that that's probably what Kanye was trying to persuade trying to do i disagree mm-hmm. i think just to get to speed this up a little bit get to his last point which is yeezus and kidsy ghost stand leagues above it i have listened to kidsy ghost a little bit haven't yes. listened to yeezus um i want to see how this claim stands up when i actually i i assume we're going to end up reviewing both of those oh albums. yeah at some point yeah um so on the list that w- that w- that'll be interesting to come back to and i will come back to it. i will remember yes. this comment yes and um We'll come back to that. Dugan said all-time youth pregame ba- or pregame basketball hype material. I agree with that. I just wanted to add that. I do agree with that comment. I, I also agree. I think power, especially. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, I still listen to power when I work out. Are you kidding? I mean, it's unreal. unreal. Um, Lindsay said album really represents Kanye as an artist. Runaway is easily the best song in the album and possibly the best song he's ever done. What do we think about that? Because I know you have a little bit of a hot take on that. A little bit. Runaway. Okay, so yeah, um, I think Runaway. Okay, so <laughs> oh no, you're I, laughing. You have I a hot think, take, baby. <laughs> say it. Say it. I think Runaway is one of the worst songs on the album. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Shit! 
Hold the phone. Hold the phone. Um, I Yo, think as a there song, are veins popping out of your out of your head right now, dude. This is getting real. Um, I think as a song, we're talking about. I I want to see why. I can't address this comment because I want to understand why Lindsay thinks Runaway is the best song on the album. Not as a way to like prove it. I'm not saying like prove it, Lindsay. You got to prove it. Like I'm just saying. <laughs> prove it. You won't. I think I would do better justifying my case if I understood why you liked it. Well, I, I Darren also I think, said like Runaway is the most beautiful yeah, song songs in history. I, I personally, history. the first time I heard it, I t- I. I went into my group chat and I said, <laughs> so why is this runaway song so hyped up? The last three minutes sound like my dog asking to be let outside to go pee. Bro, I just had a that smile on I my said. face and you literally <laughs> just made me so like slightly angry. Like I'm literally okay, like, I, okay, I, I just, I, I really do not understand the ending. I, I don't just want get you, the can ending. you explain? I just explain why you think like, I actually just want to know like what your thought brought. I feel like I can go in a little bit into like why people like it so much, but I, and I think I already did, but I want to hear like why you don't, I don't think it's a good song because it doesn't sound good. And I think the reason that you don't hear songs like this, like, I don't, I don't think the justification of saying like, I don't know why you're going to justify it, but I think any justification you give, in my opinion, doesn't contribute to the song being good. And I think I want to hear why. Any other opinion that you guys have about this song is so wrong. I'm the only one that is right. No, 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 no. (laughs) I'm saying in my opinion, the justification for that last part the last three minutes out of nine minutes i would like to add which is already pushing pushing it um the, all these all the songs in the album are six minutes you're talking lo- yeah long they were songs. longer songs and i don't think that's always a good thing in my opinion i think albums suffer from their length just the way songs can suffer from their length i think i that's just my opinion i don't like runaway if the runaway was six minutes, it would be maybe a different story. Um, but the fact that it is nine minutes with the last three minutes, I think really just doesn't do it for me. And I'd like to hear, I'd love to hear a differing opinion because I know I'm, this is a hot take and I just want to hear another side. I mean, I can't give a full rebuttal or to it because I, I mean, I don't, that's not my favorite song in the album. I don't fully agree with like with Lindsay. Um, I mean, I also don't really listen to Kanye. So yeah, I, I mean, I also could say this is the best song that he's ever done. I told you why I liked it. I told I explained it earlier that I really liked, I, to, I told you guys why. Like, I like that he explained or he showcased how he produced it. And I think that the sampling on it is beautiful. I think that just his lyrics on it are beautiful. I think that overall it's a really beautiful song and I think he did a really good job on it. Um, but again, I, I don't. And this is just me being honest. I don't have a full rebuttal for you. I can't rebuttal mm-hmm. this. I can't like, you know, tell you you're wrong or try mm-hmm. to give you a side that tries to, you know, rebuttal it. I don't, I don't have it. I don't, I can't do it. Which is fine. I mean, it, it, a lot of it is down to just, I like the song and like, yeah. you can't really go much further than that, which no, is of fine. Course. I understand that. But I mean, um, I mean, I could do full the technical things. I would, I would have to do that another episode because I have to have to research it a little bit more on it. Right. But then, I would just say I don't think that contributes. Like, I don't think it contributes to the song being good. I need the song to sound good, period. Like, I just want it to sound good. Okay. And, like, that last part, I mean, I guess I could just justify it with saying 
nobody does that in music for a reason. Um, yeah. It's not a very popular thing to do. Obviously, this song got very popular for maybe different reasons. I just want to understand why why a nine-minute song with that last three minutes is considered one of the best songs of Kanye's career when he has plenty of other amazing songs yeah, of where he's doing other amazing things. Yep. I don't know. That's just my take on it. Brianna said best album Kanye's ever produced. I want to save that comment for when we do more Kanye albums. Cause I, I actually think- have... I have, I have something to say about Uh-oh. that. I think Uh-oh. I think that I, now I haven't listened to many other Kanye albums, but I know how influential 808s is. Yep. So I do want to review 808s before I talk about that because 808s is such an influential album. And Adam did in, say, Adam did say in his comment, eight like he rated the album, this album, eight point five out of ten, not better than Yeezus. Not more important than 808s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I also do want to do 808s because I didn't realize, I'm going to be honest, I didn't realize how popular 808s was and how influential it was until I saw some of these comments. So, I think that'll be interesting to do. Mm-hmm. And I think um, 808s, I think if any Kanye album, at least the ones that I know, I think 808s should be considered, from what I know, in higher regard than this album, personally, from what I know even without listening to it, but I know how influential it is. I've watched videos on it. I've actually researched about it because it is such, you doing my job. It is huge. I am doing your job. (laughs) I mean, it is a huge album. It is literally setting the stage for this decade of hip hop. Like it's actually crazy. Okay. Um, Yeah, we definitely will do that, but that's not next week's album, but I do want to, I do want to wrap this up a little bit. Um, I do want, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. I do want to bring one more comment. Oh, Okay. Well, it's um, fine. I don't even care. It's fine. So, you know, we're trying to keep it, we're trying to keep it to 45 minutes and time for the audience. Yeah, so cl- very 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 quickly, <laughs> Ethan says all the lights is the best song on the album. Wrong. Disagree. Uh, I I think I'd also have to disagree and Darren also disagrees says I'm going to go with Runaway or Power, which I also disagree with. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I we know all we know you and me's and I say lost in the world. The only thing I do like about all the lights and the only reason why I do think it, that song is actually like on my top like five for this album is the interlude that comes before it. I love yeah, that. And James also says that too. He says best song is yes. He says cello part in all the light, all the lights interlude. Yes, but yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I cannot agree with you fucking more. You know, I love that chord shit. I'm all up in it. I love chords. Yes, he said tone and vibrato are both. Oh spot my on. god, he's yes. Yes. He's a cello player, so well it doesn't. He, 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 this is amazing. Well, it's yeah, amazing. no. So, so he, he. I mean, he's right. He's, he's right. right. It's a, it's he's a, he's fantastic. A, song. He does not say one thing wrong in that in that in that comment. <laughs> there are no lies. There are no lies. Um, yes. Wait, hold on. Before we before we close this, yep. I do need to give my 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 numbers. No, I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask for your <laughs> ratings. That's before we get to ne- for the album next week. Um, I do want to know your ratings. Okay, I think. At the end of the day, solely because of, I just keep, I just keep finding myself every time this song comes on, yes. when I'm listening to the album to be excited to actually listen to the rest of it um, more than any other songs. I think I'm going to go with So Appalled is my favorite song. Um, a lot of it is due to the production. I just like how, I just like, I just like it. I just like how it's produced. I love the composition too. Even if the uh, chord and melodies are s- sampled from Aphex Twin or whatever, um, it's still really good. 
and I like what Kanye adds to it. And I think that is my favorite song. But the album in general, I think I'd give it a 7 out of 10. So that is what I would say. <laughs> All right. I I think I'm going to go based off of like what Kendall said was the time period, when it came out, mm-hmm. you know, who he was then before the album and then after. I, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. I think he really knocked it out of the park. Um, I think that it's a timeless album, and I've said that multiple times now, but I really do think it's a timeless album, and I think that right. he absolutely destroyed it. I think he did a really mm-hmm. good job. Um, I think that musically it's amazing. I think that the sampling on it is amazing, and I love the chord progressions on a lot of the songs, and the lyrics are just unreal, and the themes of it are unreal. And like I said, what I love about it is I stepped in, I feel as if when I listen to it, I step into his beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and that's what my favorite part. Yes. Great, great. Great review. Now, this is a moment everyone has been waiting for. This so one moment. The album pick for next week. Uh so oh, for next oh, week's yeah. episode? Yes. So just a disclaimer, me and Anton have a uh we have a list of albums we want to do. We have two sides. So we have one side of me albums that I feel as if I need that we need to do. Okay, we have a middle part where albums that me and him want to do no matter what. And then we have his side uh, where it's albums that he feels he needs to do. It is my turn. The album that I pick for next week's is Sire S Y R E by Jaden Smith. Such a beautiful album. I mean, absolutely beautiful musically. The theme beautiful, the composition of it. Unreal. The production unreal. The lyrics are, are you reviewing it now or no, I'm just this? saying, but the lyrics, like it's, it's a poem. It's, it's basically the entire thing's a poem. It's beautiful. There's a storyline. All the themes connect unreal. I want to say really quick. Now I know listening to albums in full, like in one sitting, you know, it's, I can, I can barely do it. My fucking ADHD. I can barely do it. Okay. I can barely sit down and listen to one album in full, but I'm telling you, if you actually do this album with us, the best way to get the best experience for this album is sitting down, listening it from start to finish. If you don't do that and you don't listen to it one sitting, just don't shuffle. Don't shuffle because you will not know when the song switches because the way that the transitions between the songs from start to finish are unreal. Unreal. That was my. Well, quick, I'm, I'm excited. That to was my quick rant. I'm very excited. Cannot wait. I think I think I'll listen to it right after this. Actually, I'm yeah. on my way to uh, lay gym. Boop, boop. All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. We are actually like I'm super thrilled that you know we're still actually doing this and you know the streams that we got. So thank you guys for everything and thank you guys for listening. Yeah, I mean I'm excited. Come back next week. I think this um. This was a pretty interesting conversation we had about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I'm actually surprised at your rating. I think that's a little low for how much you were praising it. Um, I'd like to hear why you gave it an 8, but we don't really have much time. Yeah. Well, we could talk about it offhand. <laughs> if anybody's wondering, <laughs> just DM, DM LoverboysPod at either Twitter or Instagram, and we'll let you know. Actually, DM LoverboysPod about Sire. We want to hear your thoughts on that. Well, we're going to do that on Thursday Reaction Thursdays. Yeah. You can DM us anytime. Yeah, that is true. Our DMs are always open for you guys. All right. Thank you guys for listening. See you guys next week. (laughs) Okay, don't say bye. Was I supposed to say something there? You're supposed to say goodbye. Oh, my God. So say it now. So say it now. 
All right. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, 7 out of 10. I had an enjoyable list- listen Why do you have to week. repeat yourself? Just say just say goodbye. <laughs> just say literally had, just a, say had an enjoyable listen this week. Thank you guys for uh, contributing, and uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week, guys. Peace.